Right around the corner is one of my absolute favorite holidays of the year. Can you guess what it is? If you said Thanksgiving, you're absolutely right. And you're so smart. Of course it's Thanksgiving because that is right around the corner. Although Christmas is not far behind. So we are going to talk about Thanksgiving today. So welcome to the next episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. Now, Thanksgiving. Oh, there's so many ways we could go with this Thanksgiving thing, right? But where we're going with Thanksgiving and why I love Thanksgiving, my favorite thing, not the food, not the day off from work, not especially not the desserts. <laughs> it's fellowship. It's hanging out with people. My whole life, that's been my favorite thing of any holiday. Getting together with my family as a kid was one of the things I look forward to the most. Because I love my family. And I have a good-sized family. It's not I've known people who have ginormous families, which is awesome. But it's not a small family either. And for me, I actually have three sides of family. Because I have my mother's side, my father's side, and then I have my stepmother's side. So growing up, I had three different sides of the family. And had to you know swip, switch and swap between who I was going to hang out with for that particular holiday and of course it wasn't really up to me necessarily because I was just a kid so I went wherever I was told to go but I always enjoyed my time with my family I loved being around people and they're just all so much fun I do have a very fun loving close-knit family for real and over the years of course how family get-togethers look has changed as we have all grown up my cousins and I and started having our own families and gotten jobs and moved different places etc cetera, etc cetera, as I'm sure has happened with you but I still love getting together on holidays and Thanksgiving is I think when I think of Thanksgiving that is really what I think about when I think about Christmas I think about all the things that come with Christmas, you know, including presents and singing and crafting and all the lights up on the trees and the houses and going out and driving around looking at the lights and going to uh, some really fun nonprofit fundraiser events and some concerts. And I mean, we don't do all of it all the time, but there's just so much around Christmas and Thanksgiving not as much. Maybe there's a 5k that you can run before you go and gobble all your turkey down or whatever you end up having, your tofurkey, whatever you end up eating for that day. There's not as much leading up to Thanksgiving, of course, as there is to Christmas. Um, and that that's fine. I'm not complaining. It is what it is because, you know, Christmas is right around the corner and it's you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's a very important holiday because without Christmas, we wouldn't have Jesus. But really, without Jesus, we wouldn't have Christmas. But we're not talking about Christmas today. We're talking about Thanksgiving and fellowship. So let's start where I like to start. And let's define fellowship. Merriam-Webster online defines it several ways. Companionship and company a community of interest, activity, feeling, or experience, the state of being a fellow or associate, a company of equals or friends, the quality or state of being camaraderie, the position of a fellow, the stipend of a fellow, a foundation for the providing of such a stipend. And it goes on to different things like to join in fellowship, especially with a church member, 
things like that for tra you know if you want to get into the transitive intransitive verb thing which we're not going to but companionship and company is the most common use of the word fellowship outside of the collegiate world because in collegiate that's a whole nother thing and we are not going that direction surprise surprise we are going companionship company of fellowship and if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know that my family, my husband and my girls, we are very big on hospitality. It is one of our spiritual gifts. It is our second, uh, for all four of us, it is our uh, second strong, well, at least for me and my husband and my oldest, it's our second strongest spiritual gift. First being faith. Um, there is a test you can take, by the way, in case you're wondering how we know that. Uh, and I don't know how accurate it is, but it certainly seemed pretty good. And my youngest just hasn't taken it yet. But she is loaded with hospitality, the gift of hospitality. And whether that's uh, ingrained in her biology or if it's just learned habit because of her environment, I don't know and I don't care because she's good at it. She loves to embrace friends. We all do. And so fellowship is a big deal around our house. But why are we so big on fellowship? And some others don't ever ever, ever want to hang out with people. Some people just like to hide in their little hole. Not judging, not complaining, just saying, why is there such a huge difference? Well, I'm not going to answer that today because I really don't know the answer. But what I do know is that our fellowship, our first fellowship is meant to be with God. And from our fellowship with God stems our desire and need to fellowship with those around us, to search out people that we have things in common, like it says in the definition, common interests. So we really, even though even the loners, you know, maybe they just haven't found their people yet. Maybe they don't know who they're searching for. But when I was feeling pretty lonely and down and, and desiring others, um, I just felt like there was a hole. And especially before I knew Christ, it was such a huge hole that I yearned to fill and really tried to fit with my friends and my family, but it never quite fit. You know, square peg, round hole was really what it felt like. It was just always something off and I was never really satisfied or fulfilled. And it was all about me and it was not about them it was not about others i didn't know much about that i mean i loved people and i doted on them and cared for them but really when i look back at my life it was a very self-centered first 25 years very self-centered now as a kid you know kids we are as kids we're generally self-centered because we don't know anything else and it's you know i think it's just instinctual that we are there to survive and be all about us and we haven't really learned the art of caring for others although there are people who are just born caring for others and i love that i think that's a beautiful thing but for the most part i think as kids we're just pretty much self-centered and we don't see the forest for the trees so to speak but because I didn't know Christ, there was just always that hole in me that I was constantly trying to fill with friends and, and events and family. And I was always expecting these huge expectations from people in my life that I shouldn't have. Uh, I mean, I was a nut job, even in college, about friends who didn't call me enough or didn't spend time with me enough. And I felt de rejected and down and lonely and 
I can look back now and see, I mean, I know how ridiculous I must have seemed. And I'm not in touch with a lot of those people. And I don't blame them at all. I don't hold a grudge. I'd be the same way. But I'm not like that anymore. Thank God. Truly thank God. He has filled that space that was void. And I didn't know that that's what I needed. So fellowship with God is for me, it's my priority. I need that time with him. And I really, I'll be honest, I haven't sat down today to have that time with him one-on-one yet because it's a go, go, go morning. But uh, I look forward to that quiet time this afternoon and because the kids aren't home today. So I'm looking so forward to being able to just sit down and dive deep into his word, dive deep into some devotions, pray. Prayer has been a, a priority lately that he has been putting on my heart to get stronger at for me. And not that I haven't been praying, but like really focused, deep prayer lately. That's where he wants me. And so I guess that's a discipline that I am in need of more. So I'm going there with him. I'm going there with him. And I love it because I'm not doing it alone. I'm doing it with him. And he's there. Even if I don't hear him, I'm not discouraged. I know he hears everything that I lift up to him. So fellowship with God, first and foremost, that's got to be our priority, right? And that's something that's amazing that we can pass down to our children. Hey, let's spend some time with God. Let's pray before our meal. Let's pray before we go to school. Let's pray before we go on vacation. Let's pray for, uh, for instance, I think I've mentioned this before. When the school bus goes by, I like to pray for the bus driver and the kids on there. But sometimes if my kids are around, I'll, I'll gather them in too. So we're all fellowshipping with God. But the best thing too about fellowshipping with others is we get to spread that same joy and that we feel when we're with God to others. We get to love on them. We get to dote on them. We get to listen to them. We get to give them grace when we need to give them grace. We get to show all the attributes that God has put in us. And we get to reflect his light to others. That's so much fun. And it's not because we're sitting around preaching or we're, we're better than them. It's not that at all. We are just as broken and foolish as they are. Um, we are just all a big group of goobers, you know, trying to do the best we can. But in the Bible, there are so many mentions of fellowship, whether it's using that word or a sort of understanding of that. But I want to I want to highlight a couple of them, and I feel like are just are so important. I mean, they're, it's all important. The Bible, there's no you know, God doesn't waste words. But for this particular topic, a couple that really strike me and have really shown themselves to be true in my life is this one especially, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard this from Proverbs twenty seven seventeen: Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. We need each other to become better people like we help each other do that don't we if we're good friends or good good family if we love one another we continue to help each other become better and more like Christ as we go through life that's just what we do Ecclesiastes 4 9 through 12 it's a little long one so pay attention two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil for if they fall one will lift up his fellow But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. 
Now it talks about a lot about two, but then at the end it talks about that threefold cord. Guess what that third cord is? That's Jesus. Being intertwined together in fellowship, keeping Jesus in the midst of your relationships is the strongest bond you can have. And this, I feel like this Ecclesiastes uh, scripture just hits hard right now because there's so many more people feeling lonely these days after all the stuff that we ju- we've just gone through. And there's so much loneliness and it's just even worse. There's so much depression. It's even worse. There's so much mental health um, issues and they're getting worse. They're being fed by the enemy and, and the, the being alone is we are not meant to be alone. We are meant, we are better together. Alone, we can be struck down easily, but together we can withstand the enemy. So if you're feeling alone, this is a side, side note here. If you're feeling alone, find a person, find someone you can trust. Find someone you can trust and talk to them, email them, call them. Say, I just, I just need somebody that I can trust. Do what you can. Find somebody and you know, email me, email me. I, 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 I'm not a counselor. I'm not certified in any, maybe I'm certifiable, but I'm not certified in any such way. Um, and I can't promise anything, but I can pray with you. I can pray with you. I can pray for you. And I will. I can pray that you will find your person or your people. It doesn't have to be more than one person. Here it just says two are better than one. It doesn't say hang out with a bunch of people all the time and it's best. It says two which means you just, you need that one person. And I've told this to my girls their whole lives because especially my old, my youngest doesn't have as much of an issue, although she, she's gone through phases of loneliness here and there, but she bounces back pretty quickly. Uh, but my oldest definitely is more sensitive to that. And she's had times where she's felt completely rejected by everybody she knows that's her age. And whether it's the truth or not being rejected by them, it doesn't matter. She has felt that way. And what I've just told her growing up was, if you can just find one good friend, you don't need a bunch of friends. You don't need dozens of friends. You don't even need a small group of friends. If you can find one true friend, one true person on this earth that you can trust and that can trust you and you can just love each other and be dear friends, you have got a huge gift. That's all you need. One. One So I pray that you would find that person if you don't have it. And if you do, that is awesome. Well done. Good. Hang on to them because they're precious, precious, precious. Hebrews 10.25 reminds us of a couple of things. Not neglecting to meet together. Don't forget to see each other. If someone says, hey, we should get together. You know what I say? Pick a date. Send me some dates. I'll pick one and we'll do it. And if they don't, then I send them dates. But... It's if we don't get it on the calendar and we just say, hey, we should get together. It doesn't get on the calendar. Let's be real. We're all so busy again. The, the world is busy again. And we forget because we've got so much going on to say, yeah, I do need to make that plan. So getting it on the calendar, getting it in writing or in your digital calendar, do it. Just do it. Do it while you're there or text or call, whatever. But don't just say, hey, let's get together sometime. Do it. Make a plan. That is the best thing you can do because you won't neglect to meet together. As is the habit of some, I'm continuing with Hebrews 10.25, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. All the more encouraging one another as 
we go through life. It's so important to to stay encouraging and lifting one another up. First Thessalonians reiterates it, 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. We need to do that together. It's hard to lift ourselves up sometimes, right? And sometimes when we do, it can easily turn into boasting. Not always, but it can. But it's, it's, and plus it's more fun to lift each other up. I'd rather lift somebody else up than myself because it's fun. It's loving. And we see qualities in people that they don't always see in themselves and vice versa. I love it when somebody highlights something about my, my character, my personality, hopefully a good thing. (laughs) Sometimes not, but hopefully it's a good thing that I just didn't see in me. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that about myself, but thank you. It's really, it's really encouraging to know that about myself. And it may usually, and often it's something that I was hoping to be like, and then finding out that I, I am is a, is a relief, first of all, and um, it, it's a confirmation of the work I've done, the intentionality of, of my, my life to become that particular characteristic. It's something maybe I wasn't good at before, but I've been working towards. So as you know, I'm a talker. Here I am talking to you. I'm very much a talker, but God really made a point for me to listen for several years. I told my teens this the other day that um, I, he really did. He said, you know, just listen. Don't talk. Just listen. And he did that for me for three years. He said, just listen. Because clearly I needed to learn to listen better and not interject my story over someone's. Not always making it about me because I know I did that a lot. But listening. Maybe ask a question here and there about them. Not offering my opinion or my advice or my story, but just listening. Because we need that. We need others to hear us, to hear our story. We don't always need an answer or a solution or their story or their witness. Sometimes we just need to vent. We need to get something off our chest. We need to um, cry or laugh uh, or brag. You know, maybe, you know, just a little bit of bragging is okay as long as it's not going to our heads. But um, not like a terribly boastful type of thing, but just saying, no, I'm really proud of my daughter. She didn't crash the car into a tree when she first took the car out uh, for her first driving lesson. So, you know, it's not bragging, but it's saying, hey, my daughter did really well. I'm really proud of her. So that's just an example. It's the first one that came to my mind because that's what we're at right now. <laughs> that's just where we're at. All right, let's jump into Acts 2, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. There it is, Thanksgiving, full circle, my friends. Thanksgiving, breaking bread and prayers. That's what I like about Thanksgiving. Breaking bread with others, fellowshipping with others. And we do it as a family. I mean, we invite, If, you, if I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but every year on Thanksgiving, and this is our 17th year, I believe, that we have had a massive Thanksgiving breakfast where we invite everybody we know. And it's our way of saying thank you for being in our lives. That's it. We feed them breakfast. Some years we've had five people. Some years we've had over 100. And I love it no matter who comes. And it's fun. It's actually what I look forward to the most. So that's the fellowship I look forward to the most now is seeing who shows up. Some people have shown up. A couple years ago, people showed up that I hadn't seen in over... 35 years, but they, 
they live nearby now and we reunited on Facebook. Facebook is good for some things like that. And they surprised me by showing up and I was like, oh, this is so weird. These are people I grew up with. I had known them since I was about two and we grew up together. Their mom took care of me and it was so cool to see them. So just fun things like that. Who's going to show up? I mean, some people we know are always going to show up and that's awesome. There are what we call our regulars and we look forward to seeing them every year and catching up and just enjoying fellowship time with them. But there's just so many factors of people that maybe that morning they decide to show up. And so it's a fun thing to see who's going to come and we get to love on and feed and fellowship with. And um, so I'm just, you know, what do you do What do you, for fellowship? What's your favorite way to fellowship with other people? What's your ideal hangout time with people you love? How do you connect with people best? Are you more of a one-on-one or do you, like my husband, think the more the merrier? The more the merrier. He loves having a million people over. One family comes over. He's like, oh, we should call so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so and invite them too. And I'm just like, how about we just bond with this family today? How about we just build our relationship with this family today? <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, yeah, sure, let's call them all. But we're different ends of the spectrum. You know, I'm an introvert. He's an extrovert. So he, for him, more the merrier. So what about you? Do you prefer one-on-one time, just a couple of friends? quietly hanging out do you like to do you prefer parties feasts going out to restaurants uh outdoor activities i mean there's so many ways we can we can hang out with people now and i'm just wondering we're all different what is your favorite way to fellowship i'm going to post that question on um the facebook page too so head on over to the facebook page and answer that if you would also I hope you like this podcast of me rambling on about fellowship and how important it is to do that. We are ingrained to do that. Uh, if you if you like this podcast, please rate and review it. Please give it a five-star rating. And that's how the algorithm gets built so more people can be blessed by this. And share it with people that you think might enjoy hearing me rambling on about Thanksgiving today and fellowship. And the Bible and all these awesome things. So that's what you're here for, right? To hear me rambling on about all these silly things and how my family does things. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here to hear my story. God seems to think that somebody wants to hear it. So here I am. All right, I'm going to end in prayer and bless your Thanksgiving. But don't don't worry, I'll be back next week. So you get to hear me ramble on a little more. Thanks for joining me for the last 20 minutes or so. And I pray that you have an amazing week. Heavenly Father, thank you for fellowship. Thank you that we can fellowship directly with you because of your son, Jesus, that he eradicated sin and death so that we would have a bridge directly to you, that because of him, we can be righteous in your eyes and we can be in your presence through your Holy Spirit. Thank you for that. We have that constant companion called the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we're never truly alone because we do have guidance and love and grace and mercy within us through your Holy Spirit that we walk around with all the time. It's a constant companion. It's beautiful and it's exactly your design and your intention and we thank you because you know we should not be alone. You know that. So you've done all of this for us. These miracles. I mean, this is, it's it's outstanding. It's amazing. Well done, God. But for those who just feel lonely and, and, and depressed and uh, rejected or confused or dark or what have you or lied to or betrayed all those things lord i pray that you would bring along someone that can come alongside them someone that that can hear them that can see them that can love them 
someone that they can trust and talk to and listen to and enjoy company of. I pray that you would find somebody with common interests. And I especially pray that you, you, God, would be in the midst of that relationship. That you would be that third cord that they can cling to for strength against the enemy's lies. That you would be the center of attention in that relationship. Lord, I pray right now that anyone who's listening that doesn't know you would take a moment and consider, consider the fact that you are a loving, loyal, faithful God who made them perfectly in your image and wants them with you. I pray that right now. And I am so thankful for this season. I'm thankful for all of the blessings around me. I'm thankful for the failures where I learn. I'm thankful for the times that I stumble and fall because you pick me up because I'm not alone. And I'm thankful for my friends and family that I'm surrounded by. I am very blessed and I know this. I do not, do not take it for granted, Lord, all the things that you provide for me. And I'm so grateful. And if I only have you, it's enough. I just want to close and thank you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Is in his precious name we pray. Amen. Go and have an amazing week, and I'll talk to you next week. And I hope all your preparations for Thanksgiving are going well.